Welcome, my friends, to Art City Now. I am your host, as always, Troy Ramos. This new series, we are covering the street art festival in Battle Creek, Michigan. Happens every year, called Color the Creek. Uh, we've been talking with artists, and this episode, we've got the founder, the guy who started it all, Justin Andert. We're going to have a conversation with him. Just a little bit of a backstory here. When we originally wanted to do this new series on Color the Creek, before the pandemic hit, we were going to have like an evening, like a live podcast recording uh, in W.K. Kellogg Auditorium. So if you know that auditorium, you can look it up online. It's historic. It's where the Battle Creek Symphony plays, the Brass Band of Battle Creek, both great organizations, by the way. Um, and it was going to be huge. We wanted to have like a night where, where people in the city could come down to the, to the auditorium, to the big... Uh, to the big auditorium and sort of watch um, people who came uh, from other places to do murals and watch uh, supporters and staff and and me hosting and talking with Justin and other people about Battle Creek and the art scene and and all that and the, the effect that the the festival is having on the city and and all that. But when the pandemic hit, obviously uh, we had to change course, and so it turned into this. Uh, which this uh, podcast, which uh, we have, you know, six videos, six video episodes and six or seven audio episodes. So if you're listening to this, wherever you listen to, to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. It's huge. That goes a long way. But make sure you also go to YouTube when, when you go there next, which I know will be today at some point because everybody does it. Um, find us uh, at youtube.com slash art city now and subscribe on there so that you don't miss any of that hot video action as well and uh, you, you know it turned into this project which actually turned out really well you have to adapt in the world things happen and you have to roll with it and that's what happened so that I just thought it was interesting to uh, I just wanted to, to to drop that on you so that you knew where we were coming from and w- one of the reasons, that we had the idea for the live podcast recording night was Justin and I had been talking, Justin and Andrew and I had been talking about um, things to do for the festival. Now, what you're going to hear in this conversation, it's almost like you're going to be a fly on the wall. I've known Justin for a long time. Uh, Justin, Sebastian Krinkle, who shows up on a later episode, the, uh, the three of us, I can't even tell you how many times we've had, you know, conversations, might have been some adult beverages uh, in the mix. Countless hours of conversation about the art, uh, the art in Battle Creek, the scene, the things we could do to try and contribute to opening it up or making things happen or making some interesting things happen or giving people some options for like art shows and festivals and podcasts and things like that. We've been doing that for so long. And one of the reasons I wanted to have that live podcast uh, concert night, sort of, I don't know if it's a concert, but was because I wanted people to have, uh, I think they're really interesting conversations, uh, uh, mostly because of Justin and Sebastian, but the three of us on stage sort of talking so that everybody could sort of see where we were coming from and all the things that that, uh, we've been trying to do for the last five years. 
I, I have traveled around a lot and, and I moved back to Michigan in 2015. And one of the, one of the sort of the last nails in the coffin for me was in January of 2015, there was a huge snowstorm. I came back to visit and Justin had a show downtown in the old rogue spot. If you know, it's on uh, Michigan and now restore two, six, nine has something in there. Uh, but at the time it was just an empty space. It wasn't being used. And I think it was, uh, BC unlimited maybe who owned it. I can't remember. Um, but he had a show there and it was really interesting cause I'd never been, you know, I'd been to Arcadia a million times if you if you know the, the bar downtown and, uh, I hadn't been in an old building and it was, it was so, uh, interesting to me that an old building downtown that I'd never been in was opened up and turned into art. And there was like a TV in the middle of the gallery and people were playing super Mario Kart on it. I just really thought, wow, there's something here cut to me moving back in April after I had talked with Justin at that, sh- at that show and talked about, you know, we could be doing stuff like this all the time. And, uh, from that point on, we really uh, have, have been having lots of conversations about uh, things that we could do and things that, you know, things that Battle Creek should be doing. You know, all the good things that are that exist and all the obstacles that also exist, and they're, and they're there. Um, but so th- the reason that I mention all of this is that th- this conversation that you're about to hear between Justin and myself, which took place uh, live at the Record Box um, in downtown Battle Creek, beautiful building. You got to check it out. It's on the river. Handmap Brewing is now under at the in the bottom level. Looks like a beautiful bar because of COVID. I haven't been in there, but um, we did notice it. The you know looking when we left and when we arrived, looking you can see through the windows and there are people in there, but uh, you know not yet for me. Uh, but anyway, enjoy being a fly on the wall for this conversation. It's just Justin and I having one of those uh, tried and true 10 millionth conversation about art and Battle Creek and all that, uh, I think you're going to like it. Before we get to the conversation, let me give a shout out to the sponsors of this show, the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, the Battle Creek Community Foundation, the Art Center of Battle Creek. Uh, We couldn't do this without their support. Thank you so much to them. Make sure you give them uh, a thank you or a, a thumbs up or a like or something or a follow because we need people who support the arts and um, their support means everything. Okay, let's go to my conversation with Color of the Creek founder, Justin Andrew. Yeah, you were talking about how um, the last five years, you were saying how, like, if you knew how far it had gone from the first year to the fifth year, you said jokingly, like, I don't know if this is worth it, but it's true that you think things are going to go farther in five years than they do. They don't. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I was starting fresh. I was basically starting a whole new path for myself in the creative world. Um, And so, yeah, there was people that are successful and notoriety and like notoriety have notoriety um have spent a lot longer than five years working on their craft and being a part of the world that they are wanting to be in in whatever way until they finally kind of land on where they're 
going to fit into the scene or whether they develop the style that gets them really kind of takes them to the next tier or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to those arcs are like five, 10, 20 year arcs. They're not like quit your job tomorrow and be like, I'm going to be the next great muralist. Like clearly that's not going to happen unless you've been practicing in your apartment the like last 10 years without telling anyone. Yeah, You can't get to 10,000 hours in five years. Exactly. And like, you can't cheat that. I'd like, I don't know if it's actually 10,000 hours, maybe it's 5,000, maybe it's 1,000, but yeah. like hours need to be put into things. And someone posted a meme, um, I said something, I think it was like an, an artist definitely that put it and they said, if, it, if a project only takes me 30 minutes, um, you're not paying me, uh, or let's see, if a project uh, only takes me 30 minutes, um, you're not paying for the minutes, you're paying for the years it took for me to get to painting in, in 30 minutes. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. like, and that's what happens in the professional world, so I can't, it doesn't translate to people for some reason. Like, you can't all of a sudden be, like, a CFO of a company without any background in right. finance, right? So, like, yeah. how can you assume that that's the same thing as, like, I mean, they probably are just picked up some stuff at Michael's and learned this in I like five that. minutes. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to do it myself. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, uh, yeah, I guess I will pay you. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. But especially in a small city because there's just such an even bigger gap of people that understand what art even is. What's, it place, what's its place in the world? Why does it need to exist? Yeah. And why would anyone ever pay money for it? Right. That, like if you're having to educate people on that level, you're nowhere near being able to have a thriving some kind of culture scene where right. people are either staying here or moving here to like be a part of it. If if the average person in the city basically just like scoffs at the idea of it, you know, um, mainly because people are just so programmed with these blue collar jobs and just things that like break your body all day and they're just tired at night. They're like. I don't need inspiration. I don't, like, I just need to go get some rest. And so, but it, like a, someone that's taking care of their personal wellness will understand the benefit of like all the aspects of wellness and how maybe creating art is like a release for you or some sort of stress reliever or maybe going and just like hanging out with artists at a social event is something that like you find really valuable to yourself um and so i don't know it's just in like i don't know that's been something to work through in trying to create a scene here in battle creek because like we're only a couple people that are pushing this like kind of new movement of new creativity and whatnot in battle creek and like we're human so we get tired and so we don't sometimes we want to watch Netflix too and sit at home and we don't want to have to be out planning mural events and art shows and social events that like just because if we don't do it they won't happen and so it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of work especially if people don't show up oh yeah and the crowds that's don't demoralizing show up to, the, yeah. to the events or the openings or you know there's no donations or there's no support or you have to fight to get a space yeah it's like I'm, do, I'm doing this like because 
I'm doing this for you, mm-hmm. to be honest, but you're, I don't know why I'm getting resistance or friction. Yep. In, not that it always happens, but when it does, it just, it's magnified because you're putting in all these hours underneath the visibility of everyone that's just sort of existing in this town or yeah. any town. We're really describing like 98% of the world. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't think Battle Creek's that unique in any way in terms of society issues and yeah. culture. Um, I just think it's silly that we do things that does separate neighborhoods and communities by having four school districts in a 50,000-person town versus having, like, one, <laughs> you know, yeah. which is probably, or one or two maybe, uh, which is more likely in another 50,000-person t- town. Yeah. And it's just because of there's a, a lot of weird history here and that people can't kind of get past it and innovate and be like, oh, if Harper and Penfield combine forces, like, what can that district become and then if, like, Lakeview and Battle Creek Central yeah. connect, what kind of bridges does that create for the community long-term? Like, yeah. these ripple effects that have those 5, 10, 20, 50-year ripples, um, I think that's been kind of, you know, we are dealing with, like, a in unfortunate circumstance with how things just are set up in ways that we can't control. Mm. You know, some angry citizens can't shut down a school district or absorb a school district. Like, that, that would take, I don't even know what that would take. But It would take a lot because you're, we're saying that in your, in your life, in the life of a human being, you, try, you do something for five years, you think you're going to be further ahead. That's just for one person. What's a collective, what's the motion of a collective moving forward? Like, mm-hmm. that 50? Is it 10 times that? Like, like if you look at just say Detroit okay it's doing much better from our perspective is you know it seems like it's doing better economically or whatever but it was the way it was for 50 60 years it's probably going to take 50 60 years to get out of it if you do everything right same thing for a place like Battle Creek whatever whatever's happening here isn't happening in the now it's got elements of the past exactly and just carries over mm-hmm. and the people that are doing the work have their own agendas like just naturally that's mm. biology you know yeah. people are looking out for their interests in some way shape or form and so what if people's interests don't align and things just stall out that's what happens here is like things just stall there's yeah. there's announcements and there's like excitement around things and then it either never happens hashtags or it's never efficient or it doesn't it's not effective or whatever the situation might be but that's been one good thing about just keeping color the creek going because you know there's been some definitely some moments where it's like oh my gosh this is just such a huge lift um for me and my energy and um and then usually I'll come around to, no, this needs to happen. And um, especially in 2020, it's like, you know, pretty immediately once COVID hit, knew we were canceling the like events of our festival. But then, um, you know, I was still just going back and forth about the safety and travel and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, artists, 
we're really affected by this uh, economically. And so they want opportunities right now. And people also want something positive to see and mm. be connected to. So, you know, if we even if, you know, we just have two main murals this year for kind of our out-of-town artists. and um, But they're going to be very awesome murals. So I think yeah. it'll still just have a little bit of a positive... Plus the Push. BL- BLM site kind of counts. Hey. Plus the BLM site kind of counts as like a third. You could say it's a third spot, but it's also kind of like s- several different murals. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely... Just a, at the same location area. Yeah, that was a huge project um, that was kind of unplanned. You know, obviously, we, had to, we just responded to what was happening around the world, and we were able to utilize what we had built in four years and five years of learning how to facilitate a mural we were able to knock off that massive checklist it takes for every single mural for in like 10 days to make that event happen Mm. and it's usually nine months to plan some of this stuff so um that was kind of you know just a miracle in a lot of different ways but that whole you know i think that was really what kind of cemented color the creek as being this like powerful platform in battle creek and something that can be utilized in different ways to empower people we've been quarant well we're not really quarantining as much as we were in the beginning but from march april may so we're like seven months in six months in if you weren't appreciating art before, like we were saying, people don't do in general, you just spent six months quarantining, reading books, watching Netflix, uh, looking at art, listening to music, listening to podcasts. What more evidence do you need that you should be paying artists than that right there? Right. How would you have gotten through the quarantine if you didn't have art? Yeah, consumption, entertainment to consume. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And so it is interesting. And I was, I got, like I don't know if you noticed but all these like virtual chats were happening with all these cool people just because people were stuck at home and they were like sure I'll hop on for 45 minutes to this call and be on a panel or whatever um so I really tried to hop on anything that was free that I could and yeah I was just kind of I think you know a lot of them had Q&A's and I'd ask like where they think um that would be like if like, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I know what you're saying. Like, what? What is the artist's place in like a post-COVID world, or like a yeah. living in COVID world, and then what is it going to be after COVID? And yeah. um, because yeah, I think the first thing that happened when COVID hit was that everyone was like essential. Like, what is essential, what isn't? And (laughs) artists were, like, the first thing that went off people's lists. Usually. Um, But, like you said, they kind of have some leverage now to be, like, yeah. We we entertained you. People need... We kept you from committing suicide. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the people who make Netflix shows are artists. The people who are making murals, it's all the same. Exactly. The musicians that you weren't paying, that you were watching, listening to for free on YouTube or Mm -hmm. Spotify, basically. Yep. Those people all created that. They didn't do it. There's, there's no, like if you're, if you spend a, a a year creating a 
arts festival like Color of the Creek or you create an album, even if nobody pays you for it, there's a payment in energy, a payment in time that people put into it. So I think there's probably, an, there should be more of an appreciation for it now, which yeah. may be translated into people coming down to the site, af- the BLM site after it was vandalized and saying, here's a donation to the GoFundMe, here's some pizzas, here's, can we help? Yeah. Anyway, so maybe that'll help translate into not just this year, but future Other Call stuff. of the Creeks. No, I think, yeah, you know, as an organization and as, you know, an advocate for building community, um, yeah, the fact that the Black Lives Matter mural even existed and that weekend that it was created was just magical. It was like a football tailgate with art instead of football. It was pretty interesting. Family showing up to support their daughter painting a mural and they're just under tents hanging out and laughing and having a good time and everyone's meeting each other and, you know, we feel like we all have extra friends in the community now because of that one weekend. And then now, yeah, to have that vandalized was pretty gutting, but then to see immediately how people stepped up, it was just like, you know, yeah, it wasn't a good thing that happened, but in the end, it's like the positives are just awesome and unexpected, you know.